You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta and very happy to be joined today by Mike Golick Jr. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Golick Jr. You can also find uh, all of Mike's fantastic work on the Gojo and Golick Podcast, part of the DraftKings Network. Uh, Mike, you're here today to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs being in another AFC Championship game this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I feel like we should all be pretty good at discussing the Chiefs in the AFC Championship at this point now. It seems like one of the very few things that we can count on in this world. So I, I appreciate Andy and Pat and everybody else who makes it easy for analysts when it gets to this time of year to have at least one of the four teams basically be a mainstay. Yeah, it's it, I've been covering the Kansas City Chiefs since like 2015, I think, is when I started working in media. And it's been insane. Uh, you know, we talked about it all this offseason, like the Chiefs started training camp early because they're opening the NFL season against the Detroit Lions. And now they're just back here again. And it's like, they, they don't ever take time off. They don't ever get breaks. They, they played all of these football games and they still find themselves back in the same spot. No, it's a great point. And this is kind of something we, I think, talked about a lot over the years as it pertained to basketball and a guy like LeBron James, all the added minutes and games and hits on your body that accumulate when you go through that many deep runs and post seasons for so much of your career. And for this chiefs team in particular, I think coming into this season, a lot of it was roster turnover from years prior, the way the offensive change since Tyreek Hill had, had left. But I think this was finally the year that people looked up midway through the season and went something about this feels different. Something about this feels off. So the fact that they were once again with all of those added minutes and miles on these guys and all the ways the rosters had to change, still found their way back here is really impressive. Yeah, it's been uh, in the Patrick Mahomes era. I don't know if I've ever doubted a Chiefs team more than the one yeah. that we've seen this season. Uh, but uh, through all of that, uh, Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs just seems like another animal. And now he's got another tough test this Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. So I I'm excited to get your take on these two teams. Um, it's the first time they've played since 2021, which – it feels like a long time because early in Patrick Mahomes career, and that's when I was still like going to games and covering games and sitting in the press box, watching these two teams. And 
they played each other every year for a few years. And then Lamar has the injuries. Ravens have a couple of years where they're just loaded up with injuries across the roster and they kind of fall off. And then, you know, you see the ascension of Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. They've kind of overtaken Lamar Mahomes. And now it's kind of come full circle and we're getting this quarterback matchup again with both of these guys playing like they're two of the best players in the planet. Yeah, it's been, I think, interesting to consider the journey here for both. And, you know, for Pat, he comes in and gets to sit down for a little bit first. There's a little more normal transition of power with him and Alex Smith there. He's talked about how important Alex was to his development as a young player and then bursting onto the scene the way he did in his first year versus a guy in Lamar Jackson who, you know, both of these guys weren't top five picks. They were guys that teams traded back up in or traded up in the first round to go get. And for Lamar, he was the second first round pick of his team and comes in and starts the back half of his rookie year and gets them to the playoffs. So now you've got different foundations for both of these guys football-wise. And in both cases now this year, while the voice in Pat's ear has changed constantly at coordinator, we know Andy's still calling the plays. We still know he's the bedrock there. But I think for Lamar on the other side now, there was that meaningful change for him where, all right, you had a player that had already been an MVP that had developed in so many ways that now seems to have a coordinator that's unlocking the full set of his gifts there. At this point in his career that, while he's still young, is is now a veteran player, it's just really interesting to watch how he's absorbed all that new information, he's absorbed the parts of the offense that Todd's added, and really helped this team weather the storm of that transition because I think he was a lot more ready early on than the rest of that roster around him, and he was able to get through through the middle of that season to the point now where really from the Rams game on, they've looked like one of the most dominant teams we've seen in years. Yeah, their their defense is absolutely loaded, and I want to get into that side of the ball too, but you mentioned Todd Monken and the job that he's done uh, calling plays for them this year, and you know, I think a common theme amongst coverage around this game and the Kansas City Chiefs and like, how do you slow Lamar Jackson? And he's on, on this another MVP campaign has been like, force him to throw the ball. Yeah, if you can, if you can get rid of the ground game with them and force him to throw the football, then you can beat the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm sitting here like I've watched a lot of Ravens football this year. I've looked into all the numbers and everything, and I don't think that's really true. Like, I think it's really discrediting what Lamar has become as a passer where he truly is this all-around incredible quarterback, and for some reason, we still don't acknowledge that. Yeah, I, I think it takes people a bit to update their software every now and then, and maybe they didn't watch a, a, enough of the Ravens this year. Maybe they haven't seen that, and maybe they also forget who Lamar, I think, has always been as a quarterback. Remember the offense he operated in college? I know the completion percentage numbers weren't crazy, but he was used to throwing pro concepts playing for Bobby Petrino, but then Greg Roman has this offense that we all grew frustrated that never felt like it stretched in these areas, and now you've got a team that's sort of gone best of both worlds where I'm sure behind the scenes – you know, Todd and the rest of the offensive staff here, they, they've done a lot. I'm sure Lamar's grown in lots of ways, but it's also just they're calling the plays now. They're giving him the opportunities. And to your point, it adds this element where it's hard to pick what you want to stop with the Ravens offense. I don't think it's totally misguided to say, hey, we want to make sure we've got to at least take something away. That old Patriot idea of taking yeah. away what another team does best. And you could argue, man, the day can get really long really quick. See the Houston Texans last week. If you just let Lamar Jackson run wild with his legs, some of it's going to be the scramble drill that's going to be the you know result of, how disciplined you can be up front defensively, but the other part is awareness of those opportunities. We saw a pivotal fourth down call where they called on his legs, the touchdown later on in the same play. And so 
making sure you're aware of that because it's probably his most unique gift amongst all the quarterbacks that we talk about in the NFL, but he's got plenty of other tools in the belt to beat with. There's no doubt. Yeah, it's you obviously you want to you you hope that he doesn't rush for over 100 yards <laughs> in this game. Like that's a place to start. Yeah, it's a good like place he, to start. You, you got to slow him down a little bit. And there's been a lot of comparison this week too. like, well, they just played Josh Allen and Josh Allen's another rushing quarterback, but a very different running style. Sure. Um, and the Chiefs had a hard time stopping that. Like the Bills had a lot of success on the ground. And then you talk about this Ravens offense and what they've done and what they did against the Houston Texans. Like you, you mentioned those drawn up quarterback runs, which the Ravens actually didn't even do that much this year because Lamar's so devastating with them. Like it, it feels like they're saving that stuff up for the playoffs. And I'm a little bit worried about the chiefs defense because they just gave up so many uh, rushing yards to the Buffalo bills. Yeah, to your point, though, very different challenge in the way they do that. Now, the Ravens offensive line, still a big physical group, right? They got some dudes up there. You know, Kevin Zeitler's had a resurgent year. They sort of platoon the tackles with Ronnie Stanley and those guys. And But they've got big bodies up front that can get downhill if they need to. Their running back rooms overcome a lot of attrition in there. You know, you add... You add Dalvin Cook to a backfield that's been manned by Justice Hill and Gus Edwards for the most part after the injuries to Keaton Mitchell and J.K. Dobbins way earlier in the season, but they can be bruisers if they want, but that's not Lamar Jackson's role. Like Josh Allen's the hammer. As soon as you get down anywhere in the red zone, it's just like with Lamar where you've got to be worried, but it's such a different calculus for a defender where you're worried about Josh running through you if you're a defender on the Kansas City Chiefs defense last week and Josh being used readily in the zone read run game and all those ways that he can help that really didn't force the run game for, for uh, Buffalo to be all that complicated. For Lamar Jackson and Ravens, there's a few more moving parts to it. You're dealing with personnel groups that are a little bit differently. They're a full 12 personnel group or 21 personnel group where, you know, it, it's not like the, you know, the Bills are kind of like 11 and a half, right? Dalton Kincaid's not the most devastating blocker in the world, so it's more of a spread 12 look. But with the Baltimore Ravens, you got Pat Ricard, who's basically a bonus offensive lineman in there. Isaiah likely has acquitted himself really well as a pass catching option. They've got some other good depth in that room, and so they can present you some different looks and different wrinkles in the run game that even if you're not worried about getting trucked by a 250-pound moose quarterback, getting embarrassed in space by Lamar Jackson on the perimeter is still a big challenge for a lot of this group. And we mentioned Todd Monken briefly, and I want to talk about Mike McDonald a little bit too, because I, I think if you ask most Chiefs fans ahead of this game, they would say definitively the Chiefs have the coaching advantage because they have Andy Reid and they have Steve Spagnolo, and those guys have been so successful over all these years across the NFL. And I think they do have a, a kind of a coaching advantage, but I'm not convinced that it's this huge gap that I think most Chiefs fans would assume that it is because of the success Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo have had, where Todd Monken and Mike McDonald are a big reason that the Ravens are still here at this point in the season and what they've been able to accomplish uh, with that Ravens roster, and especially Mike McDonald on the defensive side of the ball. like That defense is one of the deepest units I have seen uh, this season. And they've just got guys at every single level who can make plays anywhere on the football field. 
Yeah, it's it's great on great in terms of the coaching matchup. I mean, both of these coaches are Super Bowl champions and John Harbaugh and Andy Reid. And you mentioned Todd Munkin's been an offensive coordinator in this league a ton. He's a national champion from college, from Georgia from the last few years. And Mike McDonald's been one of the stars of this season. And quietly, I'm sure people in Baltimore are looking around at the court, the you know head coaching musical chairs game that's going on and hoping that maybe Mike McDonald sticks around for one more year instead of getting snatched up by one of these head coaching jobs. But uh, no, I, I truly think it is great on great because on one side you've got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes who have been incredibly resourceful given the way that the personnel has changed on offense for them right Travis Kelsey getting even more attention because the beginning of the year the wide receiver room didn't have another steady go-to and they've struggled to really find that third guy now where she Rice has stepped up into that one receiver role and he's been great for a lot of the second half of this season especially, but they've found a way to morph that. We've seen in the playoffs a ton of multiple tight end sets sort of battening down the hatches and try and bruise people up front and watching how they try and go about doing that. Because if you look at the Baltimore Ravens defense and everything they present to you here, it's a group that's simultaneously healthy, talented, and also has an incredible schematic advantage. All of the simulated pressures have become really popular in this sort of trickle up from college to the NFL where, hey, you got all those guys up at the line of scrimmage. It looks like a blitz look, and then they only end up sending four. And it's four from a bunch of spots you can't predict. It's Kyle Hamilton coming downhill, who's like a pterodactyl playing football. All this stuff that presents this complicated picture and you go, all right, well, well, how do you try and have success this? What do you try and do in that chess match there? And the closest we've seen to an answer in that was what the Los Angeles Rams did in the middle of this season, where they just ran it straight downhill in the middle of that defense. It's hard to do all that moving around there when you can just run it straight down their throat. Now, Baltimore's got great defensive personnel up front. Jadavian Clowney's a premier edge defender still. Justin Matabike, Michael Pierce on that inside are a load to try and move, but you can have some success there. And so for Kansas City, who's seen Isaiah Pacheco be impossible to tackle this postseason and knows the middle of that line's their strength. Now, Joe Tooney is a huge part of that and obviously is a big question mark because of injury going into this weekend. But uh, I think on both sides... You've got people that are incredibly resourceful as coaches, incredibly bright minds as coaches, but also have a ton of really talented players to work with. It's going to make this a ton of fun. And just to speak to what you're talking about, like with the chess match and all the moving pieces in the Ravens defense, like when you look at the numbers and you like, you look at formations and coverages and things like that, like you can usually find tendencies like in a defense. But when you look at Baltimore, it's like, straight down the middle, like man zone. We'll, we'll play whatever we have to. We've got the personnel to do whatever we want on the defensive side of the ball to match up with anybody in the league. And I think that that's what makes this Ravens defense so impossible and so scary for the Chiefs. Well, and it's, it's, it's what the Chiefs, though, have been on offense. Like everything you described there, when you think about the lifetime of Pat and Andy as this partnership, we've seen the offense look so different. We've seen it morph into different things that it needs to be to solve the problem ahead of them of the opposing team. And so you're right. Baltimore is well-equipped. And, and for the Chiefs, we know they're missing that added element of you know a, a full complement of receiving threats in the way we're used to. Rasheed Rice is great, but he's not Tyreek, who changed the math on the field because of how fast and explosive he was. Baltimore's defense, because they've got you know a piece like Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith at linebacker, guys that are so versatile in what they can do. You're right; they get to move guys around and have a lot more of that you know positionless football that maybe we associate. With a team like the 49ers, you know, I've, I've likened Kyle Hamilton to George Kittle 
for defense. They're both pieces that have so many different ways they can be used, and they're both pieces that are so devastating in multiple aspects of the game. Kyle Hamilton has a great job in run support. He's a guy who can be a factor in the uh, you know dropping back in coverage, and it can be a blitzer for you. And so having those multi-tooled guys in an era of the NFL where we're seeing so many of these Shanahan, McVay coaching tree offenses, Todd Munkins, you know, coaching tree on offense that make multiple use of tight end personnel and stuff like that. The Chiefs, who've been doing it this postseason, those guys and their versatility give you so much value in what you can call like that. It, it's truly, I, I think, the best AFC championship game matchup that we could have gotten where, like, I I think you would say that the, the Chiefs uh, offensively are probably the inferior unit in the game, just like com- compared to what the Ravens have. And both defenses have been uh, spectacular all season long. But then you get this playoff guy, Patrick Mahomes, who just does things that other players just can't seem to do, especially in the postseason where it, 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 it is apparent that he's taken this thing up to another level and he's back in another AFC championship game. And it's like, he, he played in my mind, like a virtually flawless game against the Buffalo bills where it legitimately, legitimately the difference in that game was a handful of plays and Patrick Mahomes just made all of them. So it's like, okay, you've got this special defense for the Baltimore Ravens, but how do you actually try to stop Patrick Mahomes if he's going to go out there and play like that? Yeah, and I think one of Pat's real superpowers is, and this is going to sound corny as all hell, but walk with me, is it's what a great teammate he is. Like, all year long, the rest of us that have been chirping from the outside when you've seen the Kadarius-Tony mistakes, all the drops from this receiver room, even in this last game, McCole Hardman, the fumbles on two jet sweeps on the edge, he got an opportunity to fumble the second one again. Kadarius Tony had multiple opportunities after the initial mistakes to make stuff happen. Pat and Andy keep going back to these guys because they both firmly believe that eventually, one, this is the roster we have, but two, we're going to need everybody. I understand coming off the regular season, Rasheed and Travis Kelsey were the only guys with over 50 catches and 500 yards in this offense. Like they are somewhat defined in where they're going to, but they're going to need other guys to make plays. And you look at this last game, Two big catches from MVS. Like Marquez Valdez-Scantling had largely been dropping a lot of deep balls this year. It seemed like him and Pat weren't on the same page, but he stayed with it and he gives those guys confidence because he doesn't give up on them. He doesn't put them in the doghouse. He keeps going back to the well with these guys, understanding it's going to burn me every once in a while, but Pat's so mentally tough and he gives everyone else around him so much belief in what they're doing that eventually in a big moment, he's going to call somebody's number, and those guys have made plays. We saw it in the Super Bowl last year with some of the same personnel we talked about, and so I do think that stuff, you know, Dominic Foxworth, good friend uh, over at ESPN, talks about those soft skills and leadership and coaching and all this all the time, and I do think we see that play out in a way that we can see pretty tangibly, but I, I think is absolutely a testament to that style of leadership. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Um, we saw in the wild card against the Dolphins, uh, McCole Hardman had three deep targets in that game and they didn't connect on any of them, uh, but they went right back to him the following week because it's the formula for the Chiefs. Like we know it's obvious now it's Travis Kelsey, it's Rasheed Rice, it's Isaiah Pacheco and just a little sprinkle on top of everybody else. And hopefully you can connect on one of those downfield and make a big play during the football game. 
That was the biggest difference. I mean, you look at the the game with Buffalo and Kansas City outside of special teams where the Bills had, you know, the disaster fake punt. They had the missed field goal at the end. They had the shanked punt on the next drive after that that really screwed up field position for them. But it was. It was the big plays. It was the fact that, hey, you had coverage busts and Travis Kelsey is somehow running wide open towards the end zone. You had MBS step up and make those couple of plays. And on the other side, you looked at Buffalo every time they tried to go downfield for theirs because both teams had a similar game plan. Play it close to the vest, try and dominate on the ground, and then take your shots when they're there protecting the football. And Buffalo couldn't capitalize on those opportunities. Saw Stephon Diggs drop a pass. We saw the one fall short at the end that Josh Allen couldn't get all the way underneath that could have been the game-winning touchdown. And on the other side, the Chiefs made those plays when they had the opportunity. So you're right. The the big play, I always liken a lot of this stuff to blackjack, like, Going to play in blackjack, you can sit and seesaw all day and have fun and make a little bit of money and lose a little bit of money. But if you're not hitting splits and doubles, the opportunity to get more money on the table and take risks, you're not going to win any money. And so going into these games, eventually you're going to have to, even in this version of the Chiefs offense, hit a big player or two in the game. And they were able to hit them and the Buffalo Bills weren't. So final thing for me, and I don't want to put you on the spot if you haven't predicted the game, but is there a team that you're leaning towards in this one? Uh, I'm one of the idiots that's picking the Ravens in this one. I said after last week, oh, I'm done doubting Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I picked the Bills and I looked like an idiot in that one because Pat always finds a way. And I, I, I just, I look at this one and on paper, the Baltimore Ravens should win this. I mean, on paper, we're talking about a team that is on the cusp of being like all-time great if Baltimore completes the deal. I want to pull up the stat here uh, that I got yesterday from NFL research. There's two numbers that sort of indicate that the Baltimore Ravens are really approaching rarefied air. The 20, the, so the Baltimore Ravens this season, them, the 85 bears and the 72 dolphins are the only teams in the Super Bowl era to score more than 25 points per game while leading the NFL in rushing offense and scoring defense. And this year's Ravens team and the 07 Patriots are the only teams in NFL history with a hundred plus point differential against playoff teams. Like they've been that good, especially in the back half of the season this year. And in my mind, the biggest difference for them is they're finally healthy. And again, it's, it's, it's a game of like such slim margins. The Joe Tooney injury scares me. Like, especially Justin Matabike is the leading sack getter on that team for Baltimore. Joe's played like an all pro this season, wasn't all pro this season, I believe. And so that kind of thing at this level, when Baltimore has been able to avoid the thing that's really snake bitten them for so much of Lamar's career is just the roster getting ground into the dirt by the end of the season. I just think at this point, it's going to take, if both teams come with their best effort on that day, Baltimore should win the game. But uh, I, you know, I, I say that as someone who is fully terrified that the Chiefs are going to make me look stupid again. So I'm by no means confident in this. I, I don't disagree with you going into this week and covering the Kansas City Chiefs full time all week long. I was like, they're not going to beat the Ravens like the Ravens are just too good on defense. And this is going to be the year that they they finally get uh, that, that they finally slow down, maybe. And and I'm just like, yeah, but like what Patrick Mahomes did against the Bills, it's so hard for me to pick against him. So. Um, I haven't decided yet. I'll, I'll have that up at arrowheadpride.com uh, sometime on Friday. I'll make my official decision. But again, he's Mike Golick Jr. That's where you can find him on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out all of his fantastic work on the Gojo and Golick podcast as part of the uh, DraftKings network. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. I hope we get an incredible AFC championship game on Sunday. That much I'm very confident in. This thing's going to be a banger and I can't wait. Appreciate you having me.
Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.